8 billion humans on the planet. Good thing? You can make that argument. Look at what the human race has done. 8 billion of us. There are probably more mosquitoes. Far more mosquitoes. But 8 billion? Yeah. Not bad. Well, is it good? Is it, is it bad? Do we look at it and say, 8 million people, that's a lot. That's, that's a real lot. We asked Dr. Don Kerr, professor of sociology from King's University College, and here is how Dr. Kerr looks at it. Is it something we should be celebrating? Or is it something that we should really be concerned with? I was looking at the, uh, the release from the United Nations, and, and uh, that's sort of how they, they spend it. This, this is something we should be commemorating. In a sense, it's a, a real feat. At the same time, there are reasons to be concerned, given the current rate of population growth. But can, do you mind if I, I just give your listeners a bit of context on this? When we speak of um, 8 billion people, that's a large number, right? People have a hard time getting their head around that. And in fact, what is 8 billion? I mean, there's nine zeros on that, right? <laughs> um, if you think of Canada's population, we're currently at about 39 million, 38, just 38.3 million. We're going to hit 39 million pretty soon within the next couple of years. That's less than one half of 1% of the global total, right? It sort of makes me feel rather small when I think about it. Uh, it's, 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 it our, our population on a global scale is, is continuing to grow at a relatively robust pace, you know? Like the population actually peaked back in the 1960s, the growth rate peaked, I'm saying, back in the 1960s at well over 2% a year, and it's slowly been declining ever since. But still, on, on, a, on a global scale, our growth rate's about 0.8% a year. What does that really mean? Well, on a daily basis, we have an additional 220,000 people that we add to the global total on a daily basis, right? So in two days, in two days, roughly two days of our current rate of population growth, we're adding uh, to the population total a population which is roughly equivalent to the, the municipality of London, Ontario, right? <laughs> so it, it continues to grow and it's very uneven growth, but it's continued to grow and that does in itself imply uh, some challenges into the future for sure. Another, another stat that I'd like to share with my students is that every second, there's four people born and every second, two people die, right? So according to the UN, in looking at their uh, medium growth scenario, our population is gonna to continue to grow uh, well throughout most of the current century through to the um, latter, like 2000, roughly 2080, they're expecting it to stabilize at about 10 and a half billion people, right? So we can anticipate some growth into the future. And if you look at the UN's past record in terms of making these projections on a, on a, on a global scale, they've done a pretty good job overall. Just, just a few days ago, I was looking at their, their 1980 uh, projections. Uh, so these were done 40 years ago. 
And guess what they projected according to their medium growth scenario for the year 2022? Close to where we are now? More or less 8 billion. <laughs> so they, <laughs> they've done a pretty good job, right? They don't do so well when it comes to world regions. Like they over overstated the growth that Europe actually experienced. They understated the growth in sub-Saharan Africa, but still, I mean, at a, on a global scale, they've done pretty good in, on their projections, right? We're talking with Dr. Don Kerr, Professor of Sociology at King's University College. So, Dr. Kerr, how can they project that things will level off at 10 billion? I mean, what puts the brakes on? Well, what's really crucial here is what's happening with regard to the birth rate, right? Uh, the the UN projections, the median growth projections, suggest that we're going to reach uh, re- what's referred to as replacement level fertility, right, uh, by mid-century. So that would be a about on average for women on a global scale, about 2.1 births per woman, right? Uh, we're currently, we've already experienced a lot of reduction in terms of our global birth rate. We're currently, people are surprised to hear, we're currently at about 2.3, right? So we're well on our road there. I, I think the trajectories, I think they might actually be understating future fertility decline in their medium growth. It's possible, right? Because there are there are reasons to believe that um, the global fertility rate could fall well below replacement by mid-century. It is possible, certainly possible. Here's something that surprised me when I looked at the, uh, the UN estimates. That one thing is that currently, um, 60% of the world's population are living in countries which already have Below replacement fertility, right? Like already 60% of the world's population, right? So some of the demographic giants like China has below replacement fertility. India has below replacement fertility. Most of the Western countries have well below replacement fertility, right? So we've made some progress there. If you consider a lower birth rate progress. Also, um, what really surprised me when I looked at those estimates that there are currently 50 countries in the world today that are experiencing negative population growth. They're actually getting smaller, right? And some of the countries are relatively large, like Japan's currently shrinking. Italy is currently shrinking. You know, there's several countries across Western Europe that are currently shrinking, right? 50 countries globally. Singapore is getting smaller. Um, Hong Kong is getting smaller. No. No surprise there. And so, I mean, there are reasons to, you know, we could speculate, but it is possible that the uh, fertility rate on a global scale will decline more than what the UN is expecting with their medium growth scenario. Uh, They also have a low growth scenario whereby they're expecting uh, global population growth to level off before uh, uh, the uh, latter 20. 21st century, um, and possibly start to decline down to about 8 billion by the end of the century, which might be more realistic. Here is more from Dr. Don Kerr on what our population needs to do to level off. In fact, He looked at a few noteworthy things that are happening around the world. 
India and China currently both have below replacement fertility, right? But that doesn't mean that their populations have stopped growing yet. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. My, my mistake. My mistake. Yeah, because in fact, India and India in particular has a very young population, right? And so eat, when you have a lot of people uh, who are young, who are of reproductive age, even when the fertility rate drops below replacement, there's just so many young people that the population is going to continue to grow with more births than deaths, right? So China is expected to continue to grow for another 15, 20 years, actually. But its, it's rate of growth is slowing dramatically. And India will probably continue to grow throughout the first half of the current century. Just again, it's called population momentum, and it has a lot to do with the age structure of a population, right? So those countries are going to continue to grow, but at a much slower rate, right? Now, your other, the other issue that you raised, basically, yeah, people is it is it people just deciding? I don't know if where I'm living has the resources, so I'm reluctant to have children, uh, that sort of thing, or, or do we look to at a certain extent, control? maybe in places like Canada that enters into the equation, uh, other parts of the world, uh, I think we could go a bit beyond that. I think we have to start thinking about the relative status of women in these different societies. That's probably the best predictor of, of fertility of childbearing. If women have an opportunity for um, an education, if girls, if give girls an education, and if women have alternatives to traditional roles as merely mother, right? No, I don't mean to say merely mother, but as mother and nothing else, right? Um, well, then uh, the fertility rate will start to, to decline. It's probably the best predictor of fertility decline, the status of women, right? If you improve access to education, if you... Uh, improve uh, health care and uh, give women, re you know, respect the reproductive rights of women throughout the world, you can see a decline in fertility, you know, and that's what we've seen in, in India in particular, consider India, right, whereby uh, the society is not quite as patriarchal as it was maybe 20 years ago. And as a result, women are getting educated and so on. I would think that's probably the best predictor but in places like Canada, it might be a different situation to a certain extent. Like women are already, like women are as likely to be working as men, right? Today, almost as likely. And uh, women are, in fact, more likely to obtain a university education than are men, in fact, in Canada right now. Um, there are all sorts of options there for women. I think young couples might be looking at the situation globally to a certain extent and looking at, there are all sorts of, you know, trends that are of some concern, right? Including climate change. And I mean, the larger our population is, you know, it's going to have an impact upon the demand for resources, right? So it might enter into the equation to a certain extent for, for women in Canada. It's interesting to note that the birth rate fell in 2020 to its lowest level ever in Canada. Right? The birth rate in Canada fell to 1.4, the total fertility rate, right? In other words, that's saying that in Canada, uh, in 2020, if everything were to remain constant over time, on average, women would have only 1.4 kids, right? It's never been so low. So, I mean, young adults are increasingly looking to options, I guess, to, to parenthood. Right. Well, Dr. Kerr, this, this has been 
Remarkably interesting. Wow. Uh, thank you so much for taking us through all of this. Really appreciate the time. Sure. It's my pleasure. That is Dr. Don Kerr, professor of sociology at King's University College. So that's, I found that absolutely fascinating that, yeah, no, if, if we want to pay attention to where birth rates are, look at where the rights of women sits in so many countries. And you look at, there are still countries in which it is difficult for women to become educated. And that's something that, again, we had this brought up earlier when we were talking about, hey, in Canada, we're worried about our kids. I think it was Mark who called in and Mark said, we're worried about our kids missing a couple of days of school. They're staying home. They're safe. They're playing Nintendo. There are a lot of other places that would you know, live for that to have this tiny little conflict that doesn't feel very tiny if you're involved in it. Uh, and those are my words. I, I didn't, you know, I don't, I don't want to put words in, in Mark's mouth. But, you know, that's that's the picture that he was painting. And we do live sometimes in our own little fishbowl. And to think about that, that, yeah, if if you want to look at where the world's population is going – that's one of the things that we do need to address around the world, maybe to a greater extent than what we're doing right now. Got a text that, <laughs> I like this, says, uh, as as we were talking with Dr. Kerr, this came in, but wait, wasn't there a segment of the population saying that COVID was created to call the population as some sort of reset? How can we be meeting growth projections if that were the case? <laughs> 